Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 323. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ptolemy Elrington. Ptolemy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? No, I'm all set, Mark. All right. I know you love motorbikes, so I probably should say, do you have your helmet on instead of buckled up? (laughs) (laughs) Ptolemy Ellington lives in the UK in Brighton. He's worked as an artist in sculpture since 2002. He works with recycled materials, incorporating a regenerative eco-aware theme to his unique and creative art. His website, Hubcap Creatures, features sculptures built utilizing hubcaps from automobiles. His creations take on a life of their own and represent sea creatures and animals. Ptolemy's art has been commissioned by numerous corporations and private collectors alike, and you'll find his art in exhibitions in galleries throughout Europe. So Ptolemy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles, and I should say motorbikes? Well, Mark, um, first I'd like to thank you very much for inviting me to interview. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, I've been, uh, I guess I've been really lucky in my life in that um, my parents both come from the arts and they've both uh, been very encouraging um, about me uh, exploring a potential artistic career. It didn't come to me um, immediately. I, I didn't really know what it was that I wanted to do when I left school. And in fact, it took me quite a few years to get to the point where um, I was confident, confident enough to uh, make a career out of it. Um, I did go to art college, um, and it's not maybe not a nice thing to say, but that kind of put me off art for a while because uh, mm. they focused a lot on uh, fine art, on uh, um, putting yourself forward, um, studying current trends, all those kinds of things. And I somewhat naively believed that an artist was a person that just charged ahead and just did their own thing and hang the consequences. I've learned since then that actually you do have to do a degree of marketing and you do have to um, occasionally um, have a meeting of minds with your clients rather than just (laughs) do exactly what it is that you want to do. And it's all, you know, life is a learning process, isn't it, Mark? You know, we can't. Absolutely. (laughs) We we just don't know, um, you know, we don't we don't know as much as we think we know. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yes. Like I say, I I was lucky in that because my parents are both creative people. Well, my father's passed away now. My mother's still alive. She's a painter. Um, But my father used to work in uh, the theatre. So 
I never got that yeah. kind of negative response that, that I've come across with uh, my, some of my friends' parents, where they think that art is uh, not necessarily um, the best career path to follow. So although I don't think I'll ever be a millionaire, I am really, really happy in what I do. It's also an opportunity for me to um, get my ideas across about the nature of value, about recycling. I feel very, very strongly about the fact that Generally speaking, in the West, we, are, we can be quite a wasteful society and we can take a lot of things for granted. And um, I like to get the idea across that something that ultimately is been discarded by us doesn't necessarily mean that it's lost all its value. It can still be used in some way. That's a lot of the thought and the idea behind the work that I produce. Um, I, I love nature and um, I grew up in the countryside and I was always surrounded by beautiful things. And uh, I guess that's kind of like gone into some of my ideas. So when I try to create things, um, I, I focus mainly on nature. But I do commission work and um, I've had some pretty peculiar things uh, that I've had to kind of get my head around over the years. So uh, I like to um, <laughs> think that I'm um, uh, versatile in that sense. Oh, versatile. My goodness, that's an understatement. You know, I found you on Facebook and every time, and I, I mentioned this in our pre-show chat today, that I would see one of your postings and one of your your creations, creatures, if you will, they put a big smile on my face. And when I first saw your work, I looked and went, wait a minute, is that a, a VW emblem or a hmm. Nissan emblem or what is going on here? And that's why I wanted so badly to have you in the show because you really have done many things that fit perfectly with the Cars Yeah profile. You figured out a way to wrap your passion, in this case, for parts from automobiles, because, again, I know you love motorbikes more than cars, which is awesome, but uh, you figured out a way to have fun in life and wrap that into your vocation. And the arts, I've had many artists on the show who've shared many of your thoughts about the concept of art and, and trying to make a living at art and the, ch the challenges that that faces, but uh, you figured it out. So I think that's fantastic. We're going to learn more about what you do, but as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So Ptolemy, take the handlebars. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to mentioning my father again. Um, he was a um, uh, quite an authoritarian figure and quite a strong character. And one of the things that he used to tell us when we were kids really stuck in my head. And this kind of, I guess it's one of the things that's motivated me, which was, I don't care what you do so long as you're doing something. So when I was going through my teenage years, um, as some of us sometimes can get a little bit lazy. We can sit back and coast a bit. And I've been guilty of that. And um, he used to get on my case a bit about it and make sure that I was always up and doing something. And uh, I think that was a valuable, a valuable lesson that he taught me. Oh, absolutely. That's a wonderful lesson. And I'm wondering, I think I know the answer to this, but how have you incorporated that success quote, that those wise words from your father into your life as an artist and your passion for these creations that you make? I think that it's to do with the fact that I get very restless if I'm not doing something um, forward thinking, creative. Um, it's like even if I'm reading a book and I'm not really getting on with the book, I feel like I'm wasting my time once I get to a certain mm -hmm. point. And so I'll, instead of like sticking out and going to the end, I'll junk the book. Um, I'm aware that, um, you know, you have to put effort in and sometimes, you know, you go up a bit of a hill. And I'm not I'm not bothered by that, but I have to feel like I'm actually moving forward. I have to feel like I'm actually doing something. And curiously, as I get older, I, 
I feel that I need to go faster because I, I feel like I'm running out of time and there's so many things <laughs> I want to do and so many places I yeah. want to go. And, you know, it's only yes. we're only on the planet for a short amount of time. And I really, truly believe that you've got to make the most of it. Well, I hear this from many of my guests in all fields of the automotive hobby, if you will. But uh, those that create things, builders of cars, perhaps artists, painters, sculptors, all say the same thing. You just have to sit down and do it. Get busy. Just do it. Keep working. Keep working. Sit up, set up a system. Pick up your paintbrush. Pick up your hammer and chisel, your blowtorch, whatever it is you work with to create your creations. So I think your dad was very wise. Mm-hmm. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion, in your case for motorbikes, motorcycles, and tell us about that pivotal moment as you remember it in your life when you really knew you were a bike guy? Um, it's, it's a weird one, that because um, bikes have not been in my family at all. Uh, neither of my parents are remotely interested in them. And I know a lot of people start off um, from that point. But with me, it was um, uh, one of my sisters had a boyfriend who had a motorcycle. And uh, and I remember admiring it when I was quite young. I think I was about 12 or 13. And after a couple of years, he got a new one. And he, he'd noticed that I'd liked his old one. It was an, a really old Yamaha 125, an old dirt bike. Um, and he mm-hmm. just gave it to me. And uh, nice, I know it was pretty good. I, li- I used to live on the farm, so we were out in the middle of nowhere, so there was plenty of land to play with. Oh, even better, yeah. And I learned to uh, to strip the thing down. A friend and I, um, at some point, the gearbox went on it, and a friend and I took the whole thing to bits and took the gearbox apart and fixed it and put it back together. And I kind of sort of built up from there, really. I've had a lot of bikes over the years, but that was uh, looking back on it now, that was the one that really started it all off for me. Do you prefer new bikes or do you have vintage bikes? Um, I'm not massively um, fussy either way. To be honest, I don't like a lot of the whole the technical um, stuff that's on the more modern bikes. I like to be able to fix them myself. So if it's got a computer mm. on board, um, I, that's probably I'm already stepping out of uh, my league. Um, so I generally sure. <laughs> speaking, I prefer the older ones. I like to tinker with them. And, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it with, with, with the modern ones. Yeah, same with cars and in many respects. They're just difficult to work on unless you have all the right tools and things. So, Tommy, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood, get our hands a little dirty, as I like to say, something you're certainly not afraid of doing because mm-hmm. you work with your hands every day, but ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your life or your career. But the most important part of this question has to do with how did you overcome that situation? And even more importantly, what did it teach you? I think, um, I think looking back, um, one of uh, a pivotal moment in my life was when um, my brother uh, and I went over to um, the north of Holland to collect uh, a gravel barge that my parents had bought. And they decided they wanted to uh, uh, to live on it. And um, they discovered that the, the cheapest way of going about it was to buy these barges from over there and uh, bring them back yourself and, uh, and then convert them. But they were not too confident about making the trip themselves so they sent me and my brother my brother was four years younger than me and uh, so mm-hmm. we got our uh, usual internecine rivalry that goes on between us um and <laughs> within so within the trip that was a little bit of a challenge but also it was kind of the the breadth of it really i was in my early 20s and uh it was going to another country um we had a load of maps of the waterways and things. And basically, we had to roll our sleeves and plunge in. And it wasn't just about navigation. It was also about maintenance, you know, as far as uh, the boat was concerned. It had a big diesel engine, which we had to do a few bits and pieces to it. And along the way, we had all sorts of kind of interesting uh, adventures, accidents, mishaps. Um, at one point, um, a pressure gauge um, cable kind of thing, a pipe, popped out the back of the engine and it blew all its oil out the back. 
and we had to stop somewhere and I had to go onto a um uh, a handy and nearby um industrial estate and I found a, a lorry factory uh, this is in Holland, um, and and in there they, they didn't speak English. So through a series of drawing and sort of waving my arms around, <laughs> yeah. I managed to sort of indicate where some, that something was wrong with the boat engine and where we were moored and if they could help us to fix it. And eventually a guy came out, and you know we worked it all out. And uh, it's kind of bumping into things like that that kind of made me realise that pretty much anything is possible. You've just got to have the confidence and you've got to be able to roll up your sleeves and plunge in. And we made it. We got the boat back. We, 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 we drove it across the channel uh, on a wow. fine day and then around the coast of the UK and then all the way up to Lincoln. So it was a big trip. And um, oh, yeah. my brother and I, you know, we made a bond on that trip as well. We got to know each other a lot better, as you would expect. And sure. uh, yeah, it was. I think I think that was one of the one of the major things in my life that kind of shaped me and gave me the confidence to do what I'm doing now. Very cool. What a great story. Great challenge. I'm I'm envisioning a little uh, mini series here <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the television. <laughs> Honestly, Mark, I could bore you for hours with all the different stories and all the mad things that happened to us while we were over there. <laughs> I can only imagine. It must have been great. A great adventure. A great challenge. And. And uh, I love the parts of uh, bonding more with your brother and coming out of it with a success, rolling up your sleeves. Fantastic. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I like to call an aha moment when those headlights came on and illuminated your way for a new idea or a new direction you had, hopefully in your career and your art. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. I had a, a very distinct uh, aha moment, which was um, with the, the, the hubcap sculptures. Uh, I started off just making them as a hobby. And um, a friend of mine um, did a, a charity event at a breast cancer awareness. And she asked me to, it was in a nightclub, and she asked me to decorate the nightclub with some of my pieces of work. And uh, one of the people that came in um, to the nightclub in the evening approached me and asked me to buy one of my pieces. And honestly, that was the big light bulb going on. I was thinking, somebody likes my stuff enough a stranger likes my stuff enough to, to, to part with their money for it. And I thought, yeah. wow, I could actually, maybe if I could make more of these and then I could sell them, then maybe eventually I could make a living. And that was the thing that got me going and got me off my backside and, and, and made me realize that I could do something with this. Uh, you know, there is nothing better in an entrepreneur's life, an artist's life, whatever you do, of that first moment where you get to exchange your talent for the reward of some income, of some dollars, even if it's just a buck, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is, holding that saying, wow, somebody enjoyed what I did, the service I provided, the object I created. There's nothing better than that. Yeah, you know, it's quite a buzz. It is. Yeah, wonderful moment. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many with all these great things you've done. I, I looked at your bio at all the different projects and the big corporations you've created things for. But is there one particular moment, a proudest moment that stands out for you? Well, I've, I've met hundreds of people in relation to my work. And I've, um, um, I've, I've also kind of got sort of relationships going online with a few different artists and things. And, I, you know, I, I've met an enormous amount of wonderful people. And, and you wouldn't believe the amount of compliments that I've had um, over the years. I work in uh, schools sometimes, and, uh, and I think I get my biggest kick out of the, the pleasure that um, the children get uh, in uh, work, I, that I get in working with the children, and the children get in working with the, the materials and being creative. One school that I did a workshop in, they invited me back to, uh, to lecture there, 
And um, it, when I went into the hall, there was an enormous um, sculpture of a shark that was made out of hubcaps that wasn't by me, but, but mm-hmm. by one of the students there that uh, had done it with his father. And uh, cool. that really did make me feel very, very proud. The arts, it seems, at least here in the States, have been taken out of a lot of schools. And it's really a shame because the ability for kids to work with their hands and create something, it's like music. It generates another part of their brain to start spinning that can help in so many ways, whether it's mathematics or science or whatever it might be. So uh, that must have felt really good. That's fantastic. Let's have a little bit of fun here. I usually ask my guests at this point in the show, about a first really special car. But since you like motorbikes so much, let's focus on that. So what was your first really special motorbike? And tell us a special memory you have with that Mm. motorcycle. Um, I guess the one that I really loved was um, uh, an old Honda XL125 trial bike. It was a fire engine red, and um, I loved it very much. But as you know, as time moves on and things change, I, I ended up selling it, and I sold it to a, a friend of my girlfriend at the time. And uh, and then I discovered a couple of years later that she wasn't really using it that much. It was at a parent's house under a tarpaulin, and uh, I'd always had a soft spot for the bike, so I bought it back, uh, <laughs> like you do sometimes. And um, yeah. I, I remember I took it up uh, to the house I was living in at the time, and I stripped the whole thing down and um, painted the whole thing. And I, I took it completely to bits, took the engine out and all that, and redid all the bearings and things, took the whole thing to bits and got it really crisp and really spick and span. And uh, unfortunately, there's a sad ending to this story, Mark, because it got stolen from my backyard. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> and every time I see one, I always have an extra hard look at it to see whether it's that one. <laughs> yeah, if that's your bike. Oh, gosh, but that's terrible. In a way, you know, I mean, I guess maybe, who knows, I didn't sell it. So I never felt like I betrayed my love for it. I, I <laughs> you know, it, it was taken without without me uh, being instrumental in it. So um, I still harbor a very soft spot for that bike. And I I guess one day I might even buy another one just to replace the hole it left. Yeah, well, you thief, if you're listening out there, shame on you. Return <laughs> that bike to Ptolemy, would you? That Gosh, you know, steal something else, but not the bike, for goodness sake. It does happen sometimes. Yeah, I understand. It does. I had a bicycle taken when I was a little boy and, you know, something I'd saved up for, Schwinn Stingray. And, uh, oh, I yeah, know those so, bicycles. Oh, they're great yeah. things, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mine was candy apple red, so oh, very it, cool. It hurts, well, it? My, <laughs> absolutely. You know, my next question has to do about that, but it's not so much a bike that was stolen or a vehicle, but uh, a vehicle that you've sold in your past that you really wish you could have back in the home, the garage, the backyard. Was it that bike? Is there another one? Um, there's another one, and um, I confess to you, I'm, I'm still looking for it. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, I, I look on eBay very frequently, and uh, I've occasionally run uh, a registration plate checks to see if I can track down the owner, but I haven't been able to locate it, although it is still around somewhere. It's an old um, Kawasaki Z1000 I bought um, about 20 years ago. And I had it for, it must have been about 12 years, and uh, I, had, I, had, I changed it around. I turned it into a custom bike, a bit like a shop, and mm-hmm. um, different paint jobs, different tanks. I went all over Europe on it. Um, but um, I had an ac- a minor accident, but it affected my lower back really badly, and for several years I couldn't uh, ride a motorcycle at all. 
and uh, and so I kind of I, I basically because I love the bike so much it wasn't doing me any good if I was thinking about it so I tried to compartmentalize my brain into understanding that I wasn't going to ride bikes anymore so I sold it because it was sitting uh, in the garage it was getting rusty and every time I saw it it made me feel unhappy and just between you and me Mark I cried when okay. that bike went away <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's okay because Cars Yeah listeners, they get it. There's many of us who've cried when our vehicles went down the road to another owner. Wow. But, um, Great story. The bright side is, uh, is I did um, effect a full, a re- almost a full recovery, and I'm back on the bikes now. So, um, All right. So awesome. That is a positive thing. Definitely. Definitely. So happy you're back on the bikes. You know, I always ask my guests about a current project that they have that they're really excited about. And I saw on your website that in addition to old hubcaps, you also use what you call in the UK trolleys. Here we call them grocery carts mm-hmm. uh, to make creations as well. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. But is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? <laughs> you're going to laugh at me now. Um, uh, I bought an old Z1000 the same year as the one that uh, I sold. And uh-huh. uh, and that's a, a project that's underway at the moment. I've had the motor out. I've stripped it right down and put it back together. And uh, it, it's currently sitting in the shed because um, I recently became a father for the first time. And that's, Hey, congratulations. Hey, thank you very much. Um, but, of course, that means I don't have any time to work on the bike. But one day I'll be <laughs> wheeling it out of the shed and firing it up. Yes, you know, absolutely. Well, you know, held on to that project because uh, my children are kind of pretty much grown up now. But... Uh, Hold on to that project because it's something you can even work on with your son or daughter, whichever child you had there. But uh, definitely something that uh, you can maybe sneak some little time in the middle of the night in the garage and work on that thing <laughs> when you need to. That's a fine idea, actually. I, li- I really like the sound of that. I'll, I'll introduce yeah. him to him as soon as he's old enough. Yeah, there you go. Well, I've, I've done that over time, too. Had to, uh, in the middle of the night, in fact, I remember when my daughter was very young and she wasn't sleeping well, putting her in a car seat and setting her on the dryer in the garage, turning the dryer on, and it kind of lulled her to sleep in the middle of the night. And I thought, well, I'm out here. I might as well detail a car. So I cleaned and washed a car in the garage in the middle of the night. So, you know, uh, the best use of time, as they say. Now, here's a very... yeah. <laughs> Here's a very introspective question for you, Ptolemy. I usually ask if you were a car, but in your case, I'm going to say a bike. So if you were a bike, what kind of bike would you be and why? I think, Mark, I'd probably be um, what my friend used to call a Royal Oil Field. Um, Ooh, yes. Is, you know, the Royal Enfield. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oil field. I love that. <laughs> because I remember having a go on the friends and um, it was an old bone shaker and uh, it, it chugged along and didn't seem to, um, to, it had very long legs. It kept on going and going, but um, uh-huh. it was a proper rattle trap and um, kind of reminds me because I'm getting a bit long in the tooth now. I'm not far off of 50 <laughs> and because uh, I've got, a, like I said before, I've got my first child, um, it's taking it out of me and I'm starting to feel my age. So it's going to have to be an old bike, I think. Yeah, well, those are beautiful bikes, uh, and they're still making those bikes nowadays, I believe, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are. They're making them over in India. They're beautiful-looking bikes. Even the new ones look have that kind of retro feel to them, so they're they're just beautiful. So I I think that's a great choice for you, being a creative person. So uh, wonderful. Well, the bikes and your new son will keep you young. I promise you that, so... (laughs) <laughs> Just get your rest. You're going to need it. I'm going to try. <laughs> so Ptolemy up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal or a twist of the wrist, as we say, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. 
Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to carsyad.com and click on the free book button on the home page. Download your free filler up book today at Cars Yeah. Okay, Ptolemy, we're back and we're entering what I call the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips or twists of the wrists of the throttle. Are you ready? Okay, I'm fine. What's the best automotive or bike-related advice you've ever received? I reckon I read a book called The Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Ah, yes. And it wasn't, Great book. It wasn't so much about the motorcycle maintenance as so much as the attitude and the approach that you need to use when you're tackling a problem, and that's always stayed with me. That's a great book. I love that. My son gave me that book. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Well, I don't know if it actually counts as a habit, but I really, really love what I do. I think about it a lot. It's my hobby as well as my work. So I really, really focus on it and I want to do it all the time. And I think that is kind of one of the things that's enabled me to get to where I am at the moment. Oh, gosh. So important. Love what you do. Cannot emphasize how important that is in life. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Um, It's art. Again, I'm afraid. Um, uh, I, I... I registered on a site a couple of years ago called DeviantArt.com, which is an American-based um, art-related website. It's probably one of the biggest ones, um, which is all about encouraging artists to interact with each other, to um, talk about each other's work, give each other tips and advice and things. And it's actually proved very, very useful to me. So I'd recommend that. Would you share? You mentioned the art and the zen of uh, the art and the zen of motorcycle maintenance, but is there another book that you could recommend to our listeners that you think they would enjoy reading? Well, um, I used to enjoy traveling. I've been to a lot of countries, um, and uh, and so this uh, this choice reflects that. It's um, the Contiki Expedition by Thor Heyerdahl. Ah, uh, uh, yes. You're familiar with it. Yes, I am. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, another one uh, that encourages. Um, people to just roll up the sleeves and get stuck in and go out there and you can do it, which is a good thing. But um, the kind of uh, ecology side of it, I find really interesting as well. You know, the, the living close to nature and uh, understanding yeah. the planet. I find that uh, really uh, encouraging. Great book. Awesome book. Great recommendation. And I'll remind our listeners out there that there's a great place on the Cars yeah website, Guest Recommended Books, where you can find Ptolemy's book and all the past 323 other guests here on Cars Yeah. 
And you can find links to all the other resources he shared with us at carsyad.com slash Ptolemy Ellington. And his name is a rather unique, a P-T-O-L-E-M-Y. And his last name is E-L-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for motorcycles and the art that you create? Um, not so much. I mean, I, I like movies and uh, I like books, but um, uh, because, especially because of the baby, I don't really have time to do anything else anymore. So, <laughs> Yes, you're a busy guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for sure. Especially being a new father. Oh, goodness, I remember that. <laughs> Fan- fantastic, though. Fantastic. All right, we're up to what I call the checkered flag here, Ptolemy. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector motorcycle in your garage, but you can't sell it to buy a bunch of hubcaps with or a bunch of other bikes with you, you're going to have to keep it. But don't worry about the price, because today I'm going to write the check. What would that one motorcycle be? And more importantly, why? I would like uh, an old 1973 Kawasaki Z900, please, Mark. Ooh, wow. Okay, now there's a powerful bike. What is it about that 900 that you love so much? I've had a go on them. Uh, I love the styling. Um, I think they're it. I think they're actually pieces of art. So um, I don't. I mean, I, I think it's because I would ride it for a while and then I'd probably put it on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, I have a, a friend up in Seattle who has a collection of Italian motorcycles, and I met him years ago when I first moved here. And he has them sprinkled all throughout his house. There was one hanging in the kitchen, one hanging over his bed, <laughs> one in the entry hall. And the first time I visited his house, I looked around and I said, you're not married, are you? <laughs> he said, nope, I'm not. But uh, yeah, he's got some cool bikes. And uh, I had a MV Agusta ah. F4 for a while that a good friend of mine, in fact, a fellow guest here on Cars, yeah, owns the bike now, Butch Dennison, his wife. Nancy bought it for him from me, and it sits in their entryway as wow. a piece of artwork. I've, so, yeah. I've been on a spin on one of those, and they are unbelievable machines. Ooh, yeah. I, every time I used to ride it, I'd get off and say, what am I doing? I'm too old for this. Man, I, this bike is fast. I used to, I used to say to my friend, uh, it sounds like I'm being chased by a dragon all the time. Ah, uh, yes. Boys. And those bikes, when they hit around 8,000 RPM, they, I think they revved to, what did I think, revved to like 14 grand or something. Yeah, it was just incredible. And uh, when the when that thing got about mid-range, it turned into a whole other kind of monster, I think. <laughs> yeah, dragonism. <laughs> yes, it was, but it was certainly a beautifully designed bike, just just a piece of art. Awesome. Well, listen, Tommy, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for calling in all the way from the UK here today on Cars Yeah. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you ride off into the sunset in that Kawasaki Z900? It's been a real pleasure to chat to you, uh, Mark. Thank you. Um, my final advice, um, it's... it's uh, it isn't, when I use the word art, it isn't necessarily art. It's about being uh, making things, be it crafting, being creative. But for me, it's so um, personally, emotionally rewarding. I encourage everybody to have a go at it. I think it's something that you can't buy. Uh, it's also something that some people think that they can't do, but it's actually a really, really good thing to do. So I encourage everybody to sort of get stuck in, have a go, make something, draw something, rebuild something, take something apart, put it together, but do things with your hands because it's very, very rewarding. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and these amazing works of art that you create? 
Um, well, I have a, a website, um, hubcatcreatures.com, um, but I also um, put out my stuff, as you know, on social media, Facebook, Pinterest, mm -hmm. Twitter. So um, I'm out there as well on, online. It's probably the best place to find me. Absolutely. And I would encourage our guests to check this site out. Go to Facebook, find Ptolemy, the Hubcap Creature site. It's just absolutely phenomenal. I just smile. Again, every time I see one of your creations, they're, they're just absolutely great. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything that we've shared here today at carsyad.com slash Ptolemy, P-T-O-L-E-M-Y. <laughs> Ptolemy, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences and your artwork with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Cheers, Mark. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.